If you are looking for even more help and guidance on your breakup, I have a few different options for you to take your healing to the next level. I have four different online courses depending on what stage of the breakup that you're in from beginning all the way into moving on after heartbreak, or you can bundle all of my courses together and use the code podcast to get $25 off my course bundle. I also have my 30 day no contact challenge to help hold you accountable in going no contact with your ex. And we have our free Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with other people going through breakups all over the world. To learn more about any of these resources, head to the show notes where you can learn more about my courses, take the quiz to figure out which course is best for you, or join the Facebook group. And don't forget to use the code PODCAST to get $25 off my course bundle. Welcome to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast with your host, Breakup Bestie, aka me, Kendra. Breakups are hard, but you don't have to do it alone. Each week, I will be taking you through a different topic as it relates to breaking up, healing from heartbreak, growing in your single life, dating, and getting back into happier and healthier relationships. The goal of this show is to provide support, hope, tips, and to remind you that above all, this too shall pass. Welcome to another listener episode of the podcast. Today, I am interviewing Maggie, who at this time is about to turn 28. She lives in New York City, and she got out of her relationship in November after a year and a half relationship that started at the height of COVID. Her relationship started out great, and then she started realizing that her needs weren't getting met. She also, this was her first serious relationship, so she didn't have a ton of context as to what a quote-unquote normal relationship looks like. So her ex ended up breaking up with her after a year and a half, and we talk about her journey to realizing that it's okay to have needs. It's actually a really good thing. A lot of you will say, I wish I didn't have to be so needy and maybe the relationship wouldn't have ended. Trust me when I say it's it's a not a good thing to have no needs. It's not a good thing to be in a relationship where no one has to fulfill any of your needs. It's a good thing to have needs. It shows self-confidence, self-worth, self-esteem, all of those things. So Maggie dove headfirst into her healing. She listened to a ton of audiobooks, joined Lonely Hearts Club in New York City, just dove first into all the things. And actually in this episode, we talk about how she wants to take a little bit of a step back from that because she's, I call it like healing fatigue. So all the listeners, she is a, an amazing example of what it looks like to walk through a breakup. And I'm so grateful that she came on to share her story. And I can't wait for you guys to hear it as well. Hey, Maggie, welcome to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast. So excited to have you on as a listener today. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Kendra. This is really cool. I've never done anything like this before. I'm usually the other one on the other side of this whole business. So it's kind of cool to be on this side. <laughs> yes. And today, the interview is all about you. Yeah. So if you could just start off by telling the listeners just a little bit about you, just so we can you know, help connect and relate to the story. Absolutely. I'm Maggie, 27, almost 28, turned 28 on Wednesday. It's my birthday. Happy early birthday. Thank you. I live in New York City and I'm a writer for a media company. So I've lived in New York for about six years and very happy that I found your sources and community. <laughs> oh, good. 
It's a loaded question. It's like, yeah, I'm like, I'm sorry you have to, you found this, but I'm glad it's been helpful. So if you could tell us a little bit about the relationship that, you know, led you to my page. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one thing you mentioned in the application is you feel like this was like your first like serious relationship Mm -hmm. and you felt like it was a little bit later. So if you could just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I met my ex during the height of the pandemic on an app. I was stuck at my parents' house, but I had my location set to New York and I kind of had the mentality of like, what do you have to lose? You know, the world's ending and you are spending your nights watching Jeopardy with your parents. You can like go on some virtual dates with the person. And so we saw each other only virtually for like two months until I got back to New York and we met in person. It was great. Then we dated for about a year and a half and a really interesting and learning time for me because this was my first relationship as an adult. Like I've had flings and like, you know, like hookup culture in college and when I first moved to New York, but I really never received a lot of romantic attention as like a teen or a young woman in college or like when I first started like working in the professional world and I kind of let him drive the relationship because on one side of the relationship, me not having any experience prior, he was actually engaged to his previous girlfriend of five years. So I was very much like, he's going to drive. Like he knows what he's doing. He's the experienced relationship man. And I would say probably like the first eight or nine months of our relationship were really great. And then like early 2021, is when things kind of started to go downhill. He um, got a really high profile, intense job and it was going to be super intense for like three to four months. And I was very understanding of that because I also am really passionate about my career. And I was thinking like, if this was me on the other end, I would want my partner to support me in like the biggest capacity. So I was willing to like, kind of take the backseat a little bit. But then like after the high intense period of his job was over, it didn't really end the way we expected it to. He, um, we like spent the summer doing our thing, you know, but there were signs that I chose to ignore, or I guess now like I am realizing things and I really did think I had this narrative in my head. Like a lot of girlfriends told me in the past was like, I'm too picky and like I have too high standards. And they were like, the guy Maggie first dates seriously is going to be like the guy she ends up with. And I definitely had that mentality. And even though there were moments where I'm like, I'm not really happy, I was like, but there's a reason why I waited so long. You know, like I thought I was protecting myself from waiting so long to get into a serious relationship and I didn't. Yeah. Well, I feel like, and we'll get back into the, you know, the arc of the relationship. But I mean, that's one thing other relationships provide us is like a series of context, because I had a similar experience, but I was 18 when this happened. I'd never Mm -hmm. been in a relationship and unfortunately ended up with someone who was older and super toxic and manipulative. And I did Mm -hmm. the same thing where I was like, you don't know what you don't know. And you can look around at like 
friendship, like friends that are in relationships, but you still never like see inside someone else's relationship. Even if your friends are honest with you, it's like, it's not quite the level of honesty you need to fully understand. And so it makes a lot of sense where like, you probably got that pinging sense in your gut, like something isn't right, but you probably Mm -hmm. couldn't even really like, like place it. Yeah. I had this like, make it work mentality. Like my parents are still very much together and they've been together for 30 plus years, but there are definitely hard times growing up in their relationship. And like, I was always told like, you just, you should make it work. You make it work. And that's how I was. I was like, I love him enough and we're going to make it work. So, but yeah, no context. Yeah. When you say like, I wasn't quite happy, what was that attributed to? Was it like not getting enough quality time, not feeling like a priority? Like what, what did that kind of broadly look like? It boiled down to not being prioritized and like quality time. I always thought like, you know, love languages, right? The five of them. I always thought like how I show my love for people is like acts of service. Like I just like want to do nice things for people and do things. And like, for some reason I thought that would translate to the same way, but I realized I wanted to spend time with my boyfriend. I wanted to go out and like hang with people. And like, we live in New York city, like experience what the city has to offer. And I think I gave a hall pass for a long time because we were dating in the beginning of the pandemic. And we had to get very comfortable very quickly with just being the two of us on one of each other's couches and like, which was beautiful. I loved that. But once things started to return to a certain level of normalcy, like museums and bars were opening up again and like we could travel again, like I was like, okay, it's time for us to like go do things. I just, we didn't really get to spend a lot of quality time together and both of us, him's more so than me, we're very much like dedicated to our careers, which is like, you know, like it's New York City, it's the rat race here. And it boiled down. I said that to him, like the month before, like things started to shift towards the breakup was like, I want to spend time with you. Yeah. That's all I want. Yeah. Did you guys have conversations around that where you said, Hey, I want to spend I want to spend more time together. It wasn't until I confronted him about it. Like he went on a vacation for his 30th birthday that had been postponed from the year before. So he went to Hawaii like a week and a half. And when he got back, I had assumed he would want to see his girlfriend, you know, like first thing. But he had a buddy come up and visit him who he claimed I shouldn't say claimed, but like he said that his buddy needed him because he was going through relationship problems. But I was like, okay, it's fine. Like I was definitely too chill and let my like chill personality be taken advantage of. And we had made, he's like, I'll make it up to you though. Like on Sunday, we'll do X, Y, and Z. And I'm literally getting ready to meet him at this bar. We were going to go watch my football team play, which is a big deal because we're both into football and he was going to go watch his, but he said, he'll come watch mine with me at the bar in New York. As I'm literally walking out the door, he was like, oh, I got called into work, like crisis management or whatever. And I'm like, I'm not going to tell you not to go in because I know that's never going to happen. But I was like, I have been feeling really I'm like not prioritized for a while now like I supported him through like his whole 
like very intense career time in the spring of 2021. And that kind of set it off like back and forth conversations. And like, unfortunately, both of us were like out of the city for like, I had to go visit family. Like I had a trip planned and it just, it was messy, but and like, sometimes I look back, I'm like, I wonder what would have happened if I didn't say anything that day. Like it would have come out eventually, but like how long would have had to wait. So it just like created a chain of events that changed my life forever. It's interesting. Cause I think I get that a lot of like, well, if I hadn't had this like one conversation and I've totally been there in relationships yeah. too, where it's like, if only I hadn't brought it up on like this particular day then because breakups, it's pretty rare that a breakup like happens just like out of, I mean, it happens, yeah. but it's typically like one thing started here and then it's just this, this domino effect, but yeah, you're right. If it hadn't happened on that Monday, it would have happened next month or, you know, or you could have just like remained in a relationship where you weren't happy, which happy. that wouldn't have worked either. So, yeah. And there was a period of time, like when we got on the same page, like he was like, I'm going to do better. Like, I'm gonna, you deserve this. And I said, awesome. I'm going to do better too. And not like hold people to standards that they're not aware of. Cause I have that tendency. And he was like really appreciative of that. And like two weeks after this one conversation and that like the two weeks between that conversation and when we broke up, were like some of the best weeks ever. I remember telling my therapist about how he was like stepping up and making plans for the future. Mind you, I never met anyone in his family, which is wild. I know. And that was like one of the things that led to the breakup because I expressed like, I can't believe you haven't introduced me to your parents who live a 20 minute car ride away, but he had met my entire family. Mm. And those two weeks, he was like, he called me once. He's like, all right, I set up a date for you to meet my mom, my brother coming in from Germany put these dates on your calendar. We have these two weddings in May to go to. And I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Like, this is what it feels like to be in a healthy and communicative relationship and having needs met. And the actual, like the actual moment of the breakup was a shock. Like, yeah. like I felt like the rug was ripped out from under me. Like I was at a work event. And he was going to come to my house later that night. And he was literally texting me at the work event, like, like normal, like, you know, like talk to a partner, like nothing, like it was just like a normal day for us. And then when he got to my apartment and said that he couldn't give me what I wanted, I was just like, so confused and it was a mess. Like it was bad. Yeah. Especially it's like, it almost would have been better if it had ended before those, like, but I've said to so many people, like, I wish he just kind of, when he like approached me, I wish he kind of just ended it then. Yeah. Cause I would have been further along my healing journey and like, I wouldn't have had that false sense of hope that he created. So yeah, it was really, really, really tough. Yeah. And when the breakup happened, because it's like talking to you now, like, obviously we can point out a lot of different things yeah. about how you deserve more in a relationship. However, that's all out the window when the breakup happens, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah. there's no lessons learned. There's no hindsight. Like, it's just like the pain of it. What did like the breakup look like? Was it something that you kind of argued back with or did, was it a quick conversation? Like, what did that look like? 
I would say it was like a two hour ordeal. I was like, well, why did you like let me live in this fairyland for two weeks? Like, why did you do that to me? And he acknowledged that it was like cruel and that it was really selfish of him, but it was spent really me trying to be like, one questioning why do that like not even about the breakup just why but then like a lot of crying he was crying too which is really confusing to me because he was saying he wished he didn't have to go and I'm just like well you're the one that's leaving you know and he had brought like things over with him he went back to his apartment to get some of my clothes that I had left there and he was like want these and like I can't even look at anything that's been at your place like take it with you and like he was like this is only gonna get harder the longer we delay and I basically just like kind of kicked him out I think but I really don't remember the moment he was here like it's all kind of a blur I remember immediately after when I was alone and it was really like I called my mom and it was like late at night she was like what's wrong are you in the hospital or something but I, after he left, it was like very clear, like I wanted to kind of like autopilot, like after listening to all your stuff, all of your work, like I know a lot of women like hold on to things that night I cleaned out anything he gave me ever. And when I mean anything like the tchotchkes from the relationship, but like I had a fully thriving plant he gave me, threw it away, put it on the street at the time had a car in the city and had our beach chairs in it. Nice beach chairs, left them on the curb. Couldn't look at anything, all of his clothes, like nice things, got rid of it all. And I just remember like knowing like I had to do something in that moment. I couldn't just sit and cry. I mean, I was crying while doing those things, but I had to get rid of everything. Meanwhile, it's like two o'clock in the morning. It's raining. I'm just like, I'll never forget that night. Uh, and like trying to sleep and I had a big presentation at work the next day and it was just oh awful 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 I think what's interesting people typically don't find me like right when the breakup happens right it's like oh yeah like few days weeks months whatever yeah I wish I could like send out like a preemptive guide on getting through a breakup because I did the same thing like breakups give you this weird adrenaline rush And you don't really know where to place that energy. So typically it's just spent like, it's very unsettling because you're typically like sitting on your couch sobbing, but you have all this adrenaline going. And so doing something like that, like getting rid of all that stuff, it, that's why it's great to do it in the beginning. Cause you do have that like rush. Yep. Yeah. I'm really glad. I kind of wish sometimes I kept the plant because like I could kind of like distance myself from the plant and it was a really nice plant and plants are expensive, but and hard to take care of. Exactly. So it's fine. I got another plant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I had a lot of them. And this is another thing with breakups is it's like when you go to the hospital, you got time off work and like, there's just so many things in life that like allow you to take that break and breakups just aren't one of those things. Like we don't have like breakup leave at work. So what was it like, you know, especially someone that's very dedicated to your career? Like, what did that, did you tell people at work? Like, what was your kind of process the following days? I actually did tell my boss because she's an amazing supportive woman 
and I work with an amazing supportive like company and team who like very much like values you as a person. So I'm very thankful. I told her, I was like, Jill, like after this call, I have to hop because my boyfriend broke up with me last night. I have to go home to my parents' house. I don't know what to do. It was right before Thanksgiving. So I was just going to go there a few days early. And she was really, really magnificent and said like, heart pain's real. Like you take the time. And (laughs) I was just like in awe. And like, I had just started this job like three months ago. So three months prior to the breakup. And I was like, wow, I made the right choice coming here. And even today, when I was on a commercial shoot and I had to leave early and I was talking to a woman I work with and I was just like overshare. I'm like, you yeah, have to go and being interviewed for this podcast. She goes, oh, what's it for? And I'm like, let me tell you we're all about the breakup. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I overshare. But she's like, oh my gosh, turn that pain into content. <laughs> yes. So yeah. it's, it was amazing support I received from every part of my life, really. That's amazing. And I, you know, obviously some companies and like some workplaces are Mm -hmm. better at that than others. However, I honestly have like yet to hear a story where someone shares their breakup at work and someone's like, yeah, bring that shit to work. People are like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I have also like, it's a very universal experience. And I think there's something about like, it can be really helpful to have people know what's going on because if you're like about to cry, but you know, you can't cry because like you're at work or just like something else. If you feel like you can't have those feelings, they get really big, really fast. Cause you're like, Nope, get down, get down. But if you can just say like, just a quick little sentence of like, I'm feeling this way right now, it like relieves the pressure of it. And it doesn't feel so much like. I'm about to erupt with emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's one thing I'm really thankful of being able to work from home the majority of the time and be off camera. Because <laughs> there are definitely meetings in the early days where I'm just like, oh my God, my eyes are welling. I yeah. can't keep it in. Turn off your camera. Yeah. So. I guess that, no, that is a positive of the COVID experience. What were some early tools or resources or just things that you did that, that mm-hmm. helped you in those, those early days? A lot of it was I went into research mode. Like I am very much like the type of person who's like, won't make them the same mistake twice. So I was like, okay, what can I like, how do I get through this? Like Googling things, like just going down the search engine rabbit hole. That's probably how I found you on Instagram. I did some like emotional, like, not cutting, but like I would go into TikTok and like search the hashtag breakup and like see things there. And I really just wanted to kind of like try to understand why I was feeling this way and what the road looked like ahead. Because like, you know, if you get diagnosed with something, you have a recovery plan, right? Yeah. And uh, this was something I have never been through before. Really no one, like my sister, I'm the oldest in my family, So like my siblings really haven't gone through this. My parents have been together since they were 19. All of my friends have been pretty much with like, never gone through anything like this either. So I had no roadmap. So I had to figure out, just like start with something. And that was the early days. And I think I was talking to my therapist about this last week. And I'm like, I'm listening to one more audio book. And I think I'm going to be done for a bit on like, the self-help, like 
I listened to Amy Chan's Breakup Boot Camp book. I listened to this Buddhist book about heartbreak. I listened to Attached, The Mountain is You. And now I'm listening How to Not Die Alone by the woman who works at Hinge. And I think I'm making healing too much of my personality right now. So I think once I finish this book, I'm going to take a break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you do if you had unlimited time and energy? As you're navigating your breakup, I know your energy can feel low and it can feel really difficult to complete everything you need to in a day. When you're emotionally exhausted, it's especially important to be really clear on what your priorities are and where your energy should be invested. Therapy has helped me in the past figuring out where I should be putting my energy, whether that's career, friendships, relationships, events, which in turn has helped lower my anxiety because I don't always have to feel stretched thin or behind. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash heartbreak today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash heartbreak. Are you looking for a guilt-free way to unwind? Between balancing your breakup, work, and just functioning in your day-to-day life, I know you are under a lot of stress. Breakups mess with your nervous system, cause obsessive thoughts, and make it so hard to just sit with yourself. This is why it's so important to have rituals that allow you to treat yourself in a healthy way. And this is why I love Recess Mood, a sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like stress-balancing adaptogens and mood-lifting magnesium. Life has been very full and stressful for me lately, and as someone who hasn't had alcohol in a 11 years, I need something that helps me relax and that can bring me a moment of peace. Lately, my favorite way to do that is sitting on the couch after I put my kids to bed and having either the strawberry rose or the lime recess mood. They not only make me feel good, but they also taste incredible too. So whether you're looking for a healthier alternative to alcohol or a way to make you feel more balanced, you deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash heartbreak and get 15% off recess mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Well, I'm very much like you where I think there's a control aspect to it because Uh yeah, it's like, I'm that way if I'm working out or if I'm going through anything hard, I'm like, I need to know where the finish line is. Cause then I can be like, okay, I have this much left. And then I like, okay, if I break it down 20 seconds, Mm -hmm. eight times, like that's how I just like formulate anything I'm going through. If I'm writing, I'm like, 10 paragraphs, break them down, do little check marks. So I get that. And I think that's why I'm so often asked, how long is this going to take to get over? I'm like, I wish there was just like a blanket statement, but it depends. There's so many advantages to being someone like you who will dive in and I'm like, give me a list of 12 things to do. And I'm great. Tell me to like sit and Yep. Let the stuff process and simmer. I'm not, I'm not very good, but that it does happen. There's this thing 
like healing burnout basically. Yeah. And I went through that with like overscheduling myself because I thought I'm supposed to get busy. I'm supposed to distract myself. And then I would completely crash and burn. And it, it's the same thing with like the healing, because at a certain point, first of all, you're like not taking the time to like reassess where am I? Am, am I like you have mm-hmm. to look up and be like, am I even still in pain? And yep. then you have to like let it all sink in instead of just listening to more books. Yep. And it's one of the things I've had to really adjust is that there is really no like destination in this. Like I'll never be able to forget him out of my life. Like I always think of him. And one of the women in that sport group I was telling you about the Lonely Hearts Club, like we were talking about like the reconciliation fantasy. And this was a few weeks ago and it's really helped me like focus on like the future we were talking about like yeah like part of me feels like I can't fully get over the relationship because there's still part of me that wants us to get back together and she's like that's okay I think because like if 10% of you right now wants to get back with him but like the other 80% of you wants to like continue to move on in life and find another relationship like keep doing that, follow the 80%. And then maybe that 10% will change one day. And that's been something that's really like been really pushing me through because I haven't started dating yet. My therapist, like, so my birthday's next week and I'm going on a trip with my best friend that we've had planned for a while now. And my therapist was like, when you come back, I want you to like time to like start she said, let's get our shit together and move on and like in a much loving, more loving way. But yeah. And I think what I told her is like, I just have to acknowledge the fact that like he was part of my life while he's be a part of my life, shape me who I am today. And like, I can move on, but still have that memory of the past. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of so many emotions. Yeah. And I think like when I ask people, like, what are your biggest fears? Like, as you're going through this breakup, a lot of people will say that, like, I'm afraid my ex is going to forget me. And I tell them, like, ask yourself, are you ever going to forget your ex? No. And while I think about breakups way more than a typical person does, I remember like the name of like my pretend boyfriend when I was like 12 in middle school, you know, it's like, we just, you don't forget people like that. And you're never going to forget your ex. And when people say, what do I do about the fact that I still really hope we're going to get back together? There's not an answer for that. There's not a switch where you say like, okay, brain stop, like just stop wishing you'll get back together. And I love what that woman said to you is like, that's what I tell people. As long as you're acting, you're not acting on that hope. It's okay to have. thoughts. I mean, if we all are honest with ourselves, we have crazy thoughts all the time, but we don't act on them. And that's what makes Mm -hmm. them like just pass through. So if you can just keep focusing on the moving forward part, because right now it's like in the beginning, it's obsessive. It's obsessive. All you're doing is think about that. Then it becomes like passing where in a couple months you're like, you have this fantasy of like, what if I see him on the street and he says how sorry he is. And like, we all have those thoughts. And if I'm being like candid, I'm 
you know, married. And I still think about what if my ex from 10 years, what if I see him on the street and he says, he's sorry for everything that he did. Like, I still have those thoughts. Yeah. We don't like loose ends or we don't like when things can't like fit into a box or we, you know, have things left unsaid. So when people say like, why do I want to get back with my ex? It's like, it's literally human nature. Yeah. You go to your, what's familiar, right? Like human beings, like crave familiarity and like he was my familiar for a year and a half. So one thing I am worried about is like, I was telling the group this, like, I'm worried that I'm like, am I healing for myself or healing to replace him? You know, like healing enough to like bring someone else in since. Yeah. Cause I definitely, after being in this relationship, I really wasn't sure what I wanted prior to him. Like, I didn't know if I wanted to be married or like have the traditional like life, like now after being in this, like, or going through that relationship, I do know that I want another partner. Like, I really do want to be in that a relationship like that. I really enjoyed it. I liked just like people like being in a relationship. That's why we get married and everything. And so I want that again, but I'm like very nervous about this healing process. Like, am I healing, you know, for myself and to be able to like stand in my own two feet or am I healing just enough to bring someone else in? And it's a very interesting space, especially considering I was quote unquote alone for the first 26 years of my life, you know? So. Yeah. I, that is a very interesting question. I don't know if I've ever like heard that phrase like that, but I think at the end of the day, I don't necessarily know if it matters, you know, Mm -hmm. like it reminds me of like when I first got sober, I was definitely not doing it for like the right reasons. You know, Mm -hmm. it was at first it was like to prove someone wrong. And then it was like to get my parents to like, think a certain way about Mm -hmm. me. And it wasn't until later where I was like, oh, wow, this feels really good for me. But like, I think at the end of the day, I don't think it necessarily matters like who you're necessarily like doing it for, because everything that you're doing is helping you and is, you know, like restoring all these parts of you that were lost during the breakup. And so at the end of the day, I think as long as you're doing like positive things, if you were doing this all for your ex, I would say like, that's pouring energy into the wrong pot, but I think you're pouring your energy into yourself. It's just a matter of like, is this for someone else or is this for me? And right now it's for you because that's who you're focusing on right now. Yeah, absolutely. It does feel good to do that. Yeah. And you've like, you're some, one of those people that's just like, has really like dove into, to healing and, and while I think different forms of healing work different for different people. Like some people do better just like kind of sulking for a while and not really doing anything and then jumping in or there's like no right way to go through a breakup. I do think the proactive it has added benefits of like giving you that sense of confidence and like self-esteem because you're like proactively taking care of yourself. Yeah. I mean, like I remember my sister kind of like teasing me for all of like the stuff I was doing because like the therapy I was joining this support group I got these workbooks from Amy Chan like her website this is before I found your courses and uh I was just she's like really you're doing all this I'm like yeah I am deal with it yeah (laughs) and I just because we were talking about it before but the support group that you keep talking about is the Mm -hmm. Lonely Hearts Club New York City 
Yeah. So if you're in the area, they're on Instagram, but it sounds like you've had a really positive experience with oh, them. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the woman, Lexi, who leads it is awesome. And I think for anyone else out there listening, I think you can be outside of New York. So look into okay. it. Yeah. And I'll link their Instagram account yeah. in, the, in the show notes here, but I wanted to circle back to this whole idea of like asking for what you need. So because this was your first relationship at any point, feel like you were asked, like, did you know that what you were asking for in the relationship was very normal and reasonable? Or did you go through this thing of like, did I, was that too much? Did you blame yourself at all? No, um, that's one thing I didn't. I was just like, I waited too late to ask. I think that was my problem. But like when I was asking him of these things and now looking back, it was really the bare minimum. I think of like, wow, your girlfriend wants to spend time with you and like live a life with you and do things. What a novel idea. I didn't beat myself up about it really. I was just like, I was more upset about how long I let it go on. Okay. I was more upset about myself for like letting like myself get treated this way. Good for you. I mean, at least like I hear people blame themselves, like asking for just so little, like what you said, like asking to spend time, like, oh my God. Yeah. Like when people say like, I'm so needy, I'm like define needy for me because Mm -hmm. needy has like, there, sure there are examples of neediness in a relationship, but like asking for affection, time, definition of a relationship, all of those things. Very, very normal. Uh Yep. Yeah. So no, I was very much like, if you can't give me this, then what's the point? Yeah. Did you have any contact with him after the relationship ended? Mm-mm. I haven't heard from him since. Okay. When he was breaking up with me, he did say something like, I'm not going to block your number because you may want to reach out and ask for closure in a few months or like ask for more questions. Yeah. And my mom was like, that's his way of like trying to keep his options open, which she could be right. Uh, could be wrong, but I never, I haven't heard from him since we don't follow each other on Instagram anymore. Like, you know, that type of stuff. We don't share any of the same friends. They don't live in the same neighborhood anymore. Even though like I sometimes have to go into his neighborhood for just life, I'm not going there, like to seek him out or anything, yeah. but haven't heard from him. I was telling my therapist that I'm actually kind of nervous for my birthday because part, I'm not going to lie to you, Kendra, part of me wants him to text me on my birthday. Of course. Yeah. yeah. But then also like part of me was like, oh my God, if he texts me, it's going to just like cause so much damage. So, and like, I was upset at that he didn't reach out during the holidays when there was a big COVID spike in New York, everyone and their brother had it and he didn't reach out to me. And last week my grandmother passed away. It's, it's sad, but it's like, it's a nice, like she was an older woman. It was time, but like, part of me was like, should I like tell him that my grandmother passed, you know? And I was like, no, no, don't do it. So I haven't heard from him. Hasn't heard from me. I did. I had told my sister who can be kind of sneaky sometimes, like, she was going to like try to do some stalking. And I'm like, I don't want to know anything. Like, I really don't want to know. Yeah. So 
Yeah, because friends sometimes have like the best of intentions. Yeah. Like they'll be like, oh, I saw so-and-so. And you're like, I don't want to know that. Thank you. Don't tell me. Don't tell me don't. that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think the birthday one is so funny. I never thought I would ever receive so many questions about birthday texts than I do. Yeah. It's at one point I like joked that I was going to put it in my bio. Like don't, don't <laughs> text your ex on their birthday. Cause I got the question so often, but I actually tell people like in your situation, if you know that you're going to be thinking about them all day, whether or not you're going to receive a text and like, you kind of want to, but you kind of don't want to, I tell people like literally just block their number for the day day. Yeah. That way, I, at I, least you like, know it's not coming in. And you can at least like enjoy your day or for you, like block it for your trip so you can enjoy your trip, you know? Yeah. And I've gone back and forth on the blocking thing on this number. Like one day I'll block it. And the next day it's like, that's silly. You don't need to block it. And like, for some reason I have like this weird, maybe like a symbolic of my birthday, but like, I don't need his number anymore. I don't need it. You know, like God forbid if I ever needed to get in touch with him ever again, the world is small enough. Yeah. You'll figure out I the could, number. Yeah. Like I can find him on Instagram again. I have his email. Like I know his work. New York is big, but it's also small. So I really think I'm just probably like some birthday gift to myself, like going to delete the number, Love you know? That. Yeah. I don't know. No. Cause it's kind of, there's no need for it. There really isn't. Like if he wanted to get in contact, he knows where I live. He has my address. He could Oh, and I don't want him to get. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know there's like this interesting thing with like deleting numbers and blocking people where like what you said, like it feels silly because it's like, Mm -hmm. God, why do I need to do that? But I always tell people like, you're not doing it like at them. You're not like, Mm -mm. I'm blocking you. You know, it's literally just like, I just don't want to think about that anymore. So I'm going to delete the number. Or when I type in someone's name, like, I just don't want you to pop up and that's, that's okay. It's not anything like it's not doing it. Cause I'm, I hate you. I'm doing it just cause I want to close that like energy loop in my mm-hmm. brain and Absolutely. be able to move forward. Mm-hmm. So since November, we're in towards the end of February now, mm-hmm. aside from like learning that you do want to get married at some point, like what are some positive things that have come out of this breakup? What are some things you've learned about yourself? Whew, a lot. <laughs> One thing is that I think I really have become an advocate for my own needs. Like you're not going to get what you want unless you ask for it. And I kind of put that into practice at work. Like there was this really cool project that would have me go out to LA. I like volunteered for it the week after like the breakup and my boss was like, yeah, of course you can do it. So I got to like do this really cool project at work out in LA a few weeks ago and like really own it. And like, I was like, wow, if I didn't ask for this, I probably wouldn't be here. And I really learned to advocate for my needs and it's not bad to have needs, you know, like it's human nature to have needs. Like, so as you probably can tell, I have people pleasing tendencies. <laughs> I can see it just cause I have them really bad. So I, yeah. Spot you got it kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So I really am trying to like, I think it's gonna be a lifelong struggle for me is like learning to say no for certain things. So something I've been able to work on, even just like learning about relationships and how I can better my relationships, even if it's not romantic, like 
I've learned a lot about attachment theory, a lot about, so those were the positive things about my own self-growth. But another thing was like, I was really taken aback at the support I've received from my community. I've always very much like take care of other people, but a lot of people stepped up to take care of me, whether that be like family, like my mom was my rock and my very close to my family. But like even friends, some of my dearest friends back home, friends in New York, I was just really in awe of it and like felt really, it just felt nice to have that. So I really realized that like there's strength in my village, even like people at work too. And I think the two things that you said are actually like very intertwined of, I think it's so positive because I'm the same way. I have a really hard time asking for help because mm-hmm. I'm so much more comfortable being the helper. Yep. But it's like when something so devastating happens, it kind of pushes all things to the side. It's like, you're like, I physically cannot handle this by myself. So I need to like, if not ask, I at least need to express how much pain I'm in. And then you have this like beautiful example of how people show up for you. And that will carry with you to the next time you need maybe help for something that's like not quite to that degree of debilitating breakup. And you're like, okay, they showed up for me with this. I think I can ask if someone can, you know, help me with something around the house or, you know, whatever that is. Yeah. My sister was when I came home, like the day after it happened, she's like, I've never seen you cry. Well, she seen me cry, but not like, she's like, I've never seen you cry over a boy before, you know? And she was like, I don't know what to do, but I'll hold you, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and I think too, like when it comes to the asking for what you need, it's hard. And in some ways it can feel Cause you could look at your situation and say like, okay, I asked for my needs and I got my heart shattered. Yep. So, but instead it's like, okay, I asked for what I needed. It didn't work out. And that's like, probably this, that's the scariest thing that will ever happen to you by asking for what you need is like what happened. So now it's like, okay, I know it's okay to ask for my needs to be met. In other ways, my biggest fear happened already. Like, you know, so it's kind of like going forward. It's kind of like, I don't give a F about it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So, and you're a great example of like the learning that you do during breakups isn't necessarily just for other relationships. Like it can help your friendships. Mm -hmm. It can help your work relationships. It can just help you in your career in general. And that stuff does translate really well. And it's like, I feel like I say it in so many episodes, but breakups are an opportunity if you leverage them correctly. Yeah. And that's like, you're, you look like what it looks like to re- like leverage that correctly and be able to get way more out of it than, than it took from you, you know? Absolutely. And I really, I needed it because I would have stayed, you know, and lately I've been trying to reframe it in a way, like I was telling my therapist, like, I think I have to accept that I'll always love him, but in a way, like love him for letting me go because I would have stayed and been unhappy and we wouldn't have been able to meet each other's needs. And it wouldn't have been the relationship that I have wanted for so long. So that's how I'm trying to get through it. I mean, there's still days where I'm just like, God damn, why? Why? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just... 
healing is not linear. I know it's a word we throw around or phrase we throw around out here and you don't believe it until you're actually in it. I remember getting to a place because I I was the same way. I, I, I got broken up with because needs weren't being met. And it took me a lot longer than it's been for you to be like, oh, he was just telling me the truth and just let me go because I, I totally would have stayed and mm-hmm. I needed him to break up with me. And at the time, obviously it felt unfair. And I still had every right to be angry at the situation oh, yeah. or how things were handled. But ultimately, like he just told me the truth about an incompatibility within the relationship and set me free, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really the best way for me to look at it. So my final question for you is (laughs) let's pretend that you could get into a time machine and go back to like that 2 a.m. Like you just left the beach chairs on the curb and you could say something to you. Like, what would you tell yourself? I could tell myself it's going to suck for a while. It's really going to suck. You're going to hurt and you're going to cry a lot, but it had to happen. Like it had to happen to get you to the thing that, you know, like the universe has destined for you. Like that's what I'm telling myself now at least, but like there's a better relationship coming. I'm going to be in a better relationship. by Putting that out into the universe and manifesting it. But I would tell myself that you put yourself out there and it hurt, but it's kind of life, you know, and it's, hurts but you got to experience some beauty and love and like you learned just be really really like kind of sad but hopeful pep talk to her at 2 a.m on the street (laughs) realistic hopeful inspiring but i think that's beautiful so thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and you know showing what it's like to go through a breakup and still have your head up high and learning so much about yourself. And I'm excited. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you loved it, I hope you'll leave a review and share with your friends. If you're not already following me on Instagram, head to at your breakup bestie where I'm sharing new content almost every day. To join our Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with thousands of people from all over the world going through breakups, head to the link in the show notes. And don't forget to check out my online courses for more in-depth help through your healing journey. I always end these episodes the same way, reminding you to be nice to yourself, stay connected with loved ones, and the biggest reminder is that this too shall pass. I promise. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.